The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. everybody welcome to i suppose what is essentially the season finale of reporting is eligible um i'm paul noonan of the shepherd express and acme packing company um the, the we know the super bowl teams uh the packers would have i think crushed either of them uh and uh they're not going to because they lost but we're not here to talk about that we talked about that last week we're here to talk about the season that was and what may what, what may yet come um so to uh, to walk us through the highlights the lowlights and everything in between First, as usual, in urban Wauwatosa, we have... Hey, it's it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It just hit me that this, I guess, is our season finale. If you want to meet, guys, if you want to meet every Tuesday and just talk about, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we there's enough... There's enough Packers stuff to, to do Packers adjacent content yeah. for uh, for the entire offseason. My wife would hate it. Yep. She would hate me doing the Packers nerd thing that I do every Tuesday for the duration of the offseason. But you know what? Let's let's do it. Isn't that what our people demand? <laughs> yeah, so, so to be clear on future scheduling, a good point. Uh, we will still do shows. And I think we'll have kind of our somewhat similar to our cadence of last offseason. If there's big news, we'll do a show. If there's the draft and there will be the draft we'll we'll do a show uh, <laughs> uh we'll, we'll we'll do a few more like that and uh you know if we have stuff to talk about we'll do a show maybe i don't know if we, we gotta discuss maybe we'll even do one post super bowl if interesting things happen um but we won't be totally gone because we never are so and we'll ramp up full time when the season rolls around but i i don't believe in doing a show just because we have to do a show because there's not always football content and that is true and uh you know uh, like you know you get burned out if you do this all the time it's nice to take a little break once in a while um, yeah okay all right fine you talk me into sorry it. we'll JR. take a break yeah that's fine a L- little break little break um but you know we'll we'll be back here and there 
So, um, and uh, it, we, we haven't done the shtick in a while. So, in front of his refrigerator in Colorado Springs. Uh, my name is Matt, but you can call me Matub, Acme Packing Company Meme Weaver, and General Twitter Rabble Rouser. I'm actually in my normal position. I'm just using my laptop instead of my desktop. Oh, so yeah, it so looks, we got different It angle. looks weird. Yes, so you see, I'm turning my laptop <laughs> so the gentleman can see. It's not I'm a visual in fact, medium, but yes. In my kitchen. It's still not a visual <laughs> medium. So, you know... <laughs> Uh, with the end of football season, I suppose we could start a baseball podcast, right? I mean, who? There's none of those going if around. If you want right? to, if you want to hear more of me in particular during the football offseason, now, so do the Milwaukee's Tailgate podcast. Uh, also on the same Patreon, we have also bonuses there and all that good stuff. Do it with Ryan Top, James Langer, um, and uh, yeah, do that every week. So check that out too. Incredible that Matub just tweeted out something that <laughs> is entirely accurate jr is checking to see if i tweeted my screenshot yet totally seen because that's exactly what i just did because because unlike you i am not in my normal spot i was chased out of my normal spot so i am literally in my bed upstairs and it is a clumsy clumsy setup thank god this is not a visual medium don't follow matub on twitter please and check out all of his off-putting screenshots you should just make a gallery why don't you just make a gallery of your off-putting screenshots shots thanks for that matub <laughs> i i enjoy, okay honestly i don't think anyone would comment on your drapery or or I mean, your your windows behind you the real story is going to be what's behind me on the screenshot honestly so um people people always question that whatever that thing is <laughs> they do. it looks yeah. like no, a my, laundry basket no, the, the drugs the all-time greatest uh, Twitter <laughs> a laundry reporter. basket full of drugs no that's <laughs> it does that's over just, there let's just float it yeah no, the, let's just float right, no. it the all the all time greatest uh, reporting is eligible Twitter screenshot moment is when uh, during the scarcity of the PlayStation fives, Paul posted a picture of his <laughs> microphone stand where it was like fifteen percent microphone stand and eighty five percent PS five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> the not subtle PS five flex. It was great. For anybody right, who does so find it, there, the thing in back of me is a ball winder, and it is a knitting device where you turn uh, unspooled yarn into spooled yarn. It's not mine. Somebody else's. <laughs> I, uh, I once saw a video about a lady on Etsy who turns her uh, Malamute dog hair into yarn. Gross. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then knits sweaters out of it. <laughs> Why are we... Why are we even here? Because the there's Packers, not there's the not real play. Yeah, there's yeah, no so what, real football. What about. are we talking about on this episode? We're talking about Malamute yarn. No, no. Well, so I, I know that we're we're going to talk about um, who were the MVPs and LVPs of the team on offense and defense. <laughs> some some fun moments that happened in the in the season, and also a horrifying discovery Paul made while trying to find fun moments from the season, um, and uh, basically just hand out awards to the team and then take questions. So. That's what we're gonna do. So, all right, I, I can I can kick things off because also I made the rundown. I can I can say I got zero complaints last week about saying deal with it non Patreon people. <laughs> Everyone was like, that's yeah, true. you know what? That's there true. there were there were a lot of Patreon questions. I mean, it's hard to argue, honestly. We don't we can't sit here all night answering people's questions, especially when like half the questions are, what do we do about special teams? Like. Well, that happened. <laughs> well, we did, we did it. Yeah, we did um, it. We did it. Um, Yay! Today, today, we are recording on February 1st. Mo Drayton is no longer part of the Packers team. Now, I need someone to go to the atrium and check to see if that picture is still there. 
Oh, uh, uh, we don't talk about Drayton Mo Mo Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the LVP is the is usually the fun part of the conversation. I mean, I, I don't know if your MVP is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I realize he didn't play super great in the uh, in the in the postseason, but I he's going to be MVP of the league. I don't yeah. I don't know if we're are we galaxy braining it to do anything other than identifying him as the MVP of the 2021 Green Bay Packers. I kind of want to galaxy brain it, actually. Um, I, 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 I have a couple of arguments here and I sp- split this up offense defense. But I think you can make a credible case for two different Packers that have a better, at least as good a case as Rodgers. One is Adams, um, because when Rodgers couldn't throw to Adams, he wasn't very good. Now, often in the past, when Devontae has been hurt, he's actually been really good. But uh, the way that they were stymied this year was they triple bracketed Devontae Adams, and Rodgers became pretty helpless. And, and Devontae was pretty great against everything other than triple coverage. And uh, also in going through plays, uh, Russell Douglas has a really good case to be MVP too. Um, aside wow. from uh, aside from just being a generally great cornerback, um, a lot of his interceptions were super high leverage. Um, the Arizona one, obviously, super high leverage at the end of that game, preserved the game. He also had an interception at the end of the Cleveland game where Cleveland only needed 15 yards to get into field goal range. Um, and then he had two pick sixes. One it was the Bears. That didn't really matter. But the other was against the Rams, which wasn't that close of a game, but it put that game away. Um, and aside from all that, it, if you I mean, he replaced Jair Alexander, you expect a huge, huge crashing disaster. Um, you know when you lose Jair for the season, and instead he was like just as good. Um, you know, he, when PFF grades people, they don't grade people based on like splash play interceptions. In fact, they kind of view those as luck. Um, and view a lot of what happens after picks as more randomness. But he was still graded as the 17th best corner in the league, which isn't you know super great. It, but that plus all of his clutch play and splash plays, I think gives him a good case too. So those would be my well, other I, guys. I think when someone is your de facto uh, CB2, CB3, and they are the middle of the road best CB1 based on grading is always a good thing. Yeah, totally. I think I would need to be convinced a little more that what Rizul Douglas did this season is is repeatable because I know you're telling me that he's a good cornerback and it's not just the splash plays. Uh, but as as I look at this season, the thing that makes him jump out is is the interception against Arizona, the pick sixes, the crazy stuff. And you know, like, like you're saying, the rating system thinks of that as luck a little bit. Well, well so so do I. You know, so <laughs> I kind of do too. I, like I kind of agree with that, and I think this is a wonky baseball MVP point, but. I kind of still think you should get credit for that because you did it. Um, and it's probably not sustainable. Like I would definitely bet on Russell Douglas not being as good next year. Uh, I think he'll have some regression and probably not have five interceptions and two pick sixes. But um, I think you, you still should get credit for for actually making those plays happen. Um, I mean, it's The Arizona play it was lucky. Yeah, it was a shitty throw. He got off, off page with A.J. Green, but um, he made a nice play in the ball and caught it. And um, there's a lot of luck built into everybody's play. And I think when you're deciding MVP, it just my personal philosophy is you give credit for what the guy actually did and not... I, th- this is partially pushback on PFF too because I hate a lot of the football stats of, um, you know, based on their underlying numbers, here's what should have happened. Like their, their stupid war stat is built on on that a lot with like, oh, we're discounting one score victories. that We're taking that away from the victory total because they shouldn't have happened. Like, well, no, screw that. That's dumb. That did happen. Um, you know, R- R- Rogers did lead a 13-win team. He did, didn't lead a 10-win team. That, it, 
So uh, anyway, that's that's no, what the, we're the ultimate, but, the but your point is on, yeah. the ultimate way to crap on PFF is the Aaron Rodgers Kansas City five touchdown game. Yeah, because it shouldn't have happened. That's the whole grinning thing there. But Jerry, well, you are fundamentally yeah. correct that Roswell Douglas probably wasn't as good as what he put on the field. That's true. Um, it, it's yeah, almost more of an aesthetic debate than anything else, though. It's do you do you want to look at the underlying play um, that maybe shouldn't have had quite so many splash plays, or or give credit for some splash plays that maybe he did kind of look into? All right, fair enough. <laughs> so we have him on our, we have uh, we have Adams Adams Rasul. Rodgers as potential MVPs. Any other people that you think should get at least uh, honorable mention? Not Campbell. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so so the Packers finally got their their All Pro inside linebacker. Okay. Um, and the defense went from 14th to 22nd in DVOA, and the run defense went from 18th to 28th. I. In DVOA. So you're right about that. Um, I still think. This is a th- this is an instance where DVOA is kind of wrong. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm very cherry picking here, but you're, I mean you're, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, totally right. Um, but they just this is going to be dumb. This is the least wonky thing I'll ever say. They seemed so much better, and yeah. when when they got everybody all together, they were legitimately very good. Um, sure, and there's there's a couple like freak. Uh, games that really screw with their DVOA, yes. and I get that. But you would think having an all-pro inside linebacker, you would become appreciably better. Uh, yes, and, that's and would also be able to true. overcome the, the the three freak games, two or three freak games. Yeah, it's just it's funny to me that like for the longest time, we've been preaching that inside linebacker isn't really that important, and then we we finally get a really good one, and, and we're thinking like, oh yeah, you know, like like the teams that have elite inside linebacker play, it actually matters. Whereas we, we, we finally get elite inside linebacker play and the defense looks better, but apparently doesn't necessarily statistically perform better. I, okay, yes and no. Because um, they, they were better in some Campbell areas in defending the middle of the field. A lot of that is Eric Stokes' early season struggles. A lot of that is Darnell Savage uh, struggles kind of all season. Um, and a lot of that's run game. Uh, they they still weren't great, especially um, on the edges because of Rashawn Gary, who but bad lead in. But I think you can also give him some some potential uh, run as MVP. I, I don't think he quite deserves it because his his game's still not complete. But he was third in the league in pressures. He led led the team in sacks and was just a monster. Um, so I, I would consider him too. <laughs> but they got run Rash- on. He had a weakness. So uh, Rashawn Gary this year reminds me of Darnell Savage rookie year. Where, where like the dude was just a missile, yeah, and that and that was it. And so Rashawn Rashawn Gary was in go get the quarterback mode all year and did that pretty well. He was, but was exploited, and that's exactly how they exploited uh, Savage his rookie year. Yep. All right, so the LVP conversation, yeah, the, um, the fun part. <laughs> Matt, um, what do you guys do you, have, I, do? you have any Danny Kelly? You mean Dennis Kelly? Dennis, Dennis Kelly. Kelly. So, Dennis Kelly, so bad sorry. we can't get his name right. Yeah, oh, so bad man. I can't. I'm, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I feel, I feel like we can't give it to him because he was pressed into duty. He was the, he was <laughs> <Duty>. very low. <laughs> Jesus, unbelievable that I'm still dealing with this. Unbelievable. 
the, ch- the children as if my own children weren't enough last uh, game of the year jr can't hold well yeah 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 i mean obviously he did not show up in a really important spot but he is not they he, he was not here to be a first string right tackle and moreover as we talked about last week very puzzling that he was even in position as the right tackle at yeah. the in that game when really it sh- probably should have been billy turner over there and yash Nyman at left so like Yes, Dennis Kelly didn't do the job. He's also not there to to do the job. I I and I think for the most part, when he was called upon during the regular season, he was he was wasn't great, but he wasn't he was fine. He wasn't the problem. Is is I guess yeah. what I'm saying. I'd go to bed sure for is. I'd go to bed for MVS here, who interesting was hurt a lot, and when he wasn't, it took a big step back. Um, he caught under fifty percent of his passes. That was not the case last year. Um, he still had a good yards per catch um, at 16, but he was 20 last year. And when you're taking a few off the top, uh, you, you really got to ball out on the ones that you should make. Um, and just didn't even seem as good a blocker as last year either. Really excelled at the end of 2020, um, laying wood on people, and uh, just not nearly as good this year. Um, and his, uh, his lack of presence, both when he was on the field and off the field, was really felt because their deep game just evaporated without him there. That was a huge, huge problem for them on offense, uh, especially in the playoffs against the worst deep pass defending team in the league. This is, and and Adams' case is good for MVP, but this is, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a great year without, Alan Lazard, I think we can agree, took kind of a step back. MBS takes a step back. Robert Tanyan breaks. So you've got Mercedes Lewis and Josiah DeGuara, who's very much still a work in progress. Yeah. Your running backs can catch the ball, thank goodness. But uh, who 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 is he throwing to? I mean, Randall Cobb has a, rena- a bit of a renaissance, I guess, but uh, you know, like was doing he was fine also until he got hurt. Yeah, exactly. The difference between Cobb and MVS is that Cobb was uh, a good contributor until he did suffer his injury. He actually led the team in yards per target amongst receivers. He was super efficient. Um, just it would have been nice to get him the ball more while he was healthy, and that didn't happen. But hard to call him LVP. And I do think Lazard took a step back. His first half of the season was garbage. But he did rally to post a halfway decent season. And, uh, you know, he was open on the last play of the season. <laughs> um, and, and still a good blocker. Um, uh, uh, the other guy I would throw out is Savage. Savage sucked. He was really bad. Mm. Um, he was the. Uh, there were two weak points on the defense. And if you want to go Chandon Sullivan, I think that's also a good choice. Um, but uh, Savage is an every-down starter who just struggled in coverage every which way when uh, he, tight ends exploited him with size. He got himself out of position with his speed way too often. Um, Amos cleaned up a lot of messes back there. It could have been a lot worse. Um, he was he is not taking the developmental steps that we would like to see. Um, just to contrast him with Eric Stokes, who started the season very, very raw, but made up for a lot of his deficiencies with his freakish speed. Uh, his technique got tons better over the course of the season. He was clearly coached well. Um, he started turning that speed from uh, from sort of a recovery mechanism into a weapon, a uh, weapon to actually break on balls and stay with guys all the way. Sullivan's got the same kind of athleticism Stokes does, and it just never turns into anything. It just, if anything, it makes him fly out of position more. Um, so I, I think uh, he was their weakest link on defense and he got exploited a ton, and I, I would also make a case for him. He, uh, he sucked. <laughs> I'm trying to look here at the 2019 NFL draft. Uh, so this is the one where Gary and Savage are taken in the first round because low key Darnell Savage is turning into a little bit of a, of a, of a bummer of a first round pick. Although, I, although he's been okay 
there weren't a ton of guys after him that were taken that you would think, wow, that, this is a can't miss guy. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a pro bowler, but that's a running back that the Raiders took in the first round. Yeah. I mean, you could say Debo down in the second round, but now we're talking about guys that you know. I don't think people were necessarily seeing as first round players. I mean, the, the Packers. Oh, man, if they Jenkins had Debo. Oh, well. Yeah, or, or A.J. <laughs> Brown, for that matter. It would be nice even. But like, again, those are second round guys. Uh, McCall Hardeman's a second round guy. But El- Elton Jenkins is the Packers second round guy. So like no one is saying right, the 2019 right. draft went poorly. It did not go poorly. I mean, uh, but uh, bummer. What do, you th- what do you think if they take Hollywood Brown instead of? Uh... Instead of Darnell Savage, he I, I like it actually, I, and he's not my favorite player. His hands are very suspect, but I think he would actually give the Packers' offense exactly what they need. He's a better MBS, and they frankly just need a better MBS. Yeah, Sa- so, Savage, I mean, by the way, a PFF grade was seventy second out of ninety four safeties, um, mm. which is not great. Chandon, by the way, I mentioned also is a, a candidate was ninety ninth out of one hundred twenty corners, and definitely picked on a lot. Just he wasn't on the field quite as much as Savage. I think that's your argument for Savage. Ouch. Yeah. Also, <sighs> Amari Rogers rookie year was very bad. Very, very not, bad. Not was... LVP territory, but bad. Yeah. Eh. Well, he didn't get I mean, enough opportunities to be LVP. Yeah. It, it, the, the problem is, is, is when you suck at every opportunity, it it uh, poisons the well, even when you only get six opportunities. Yep. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. And I mean, the the idea that he's in for a kick returner, you, you bring in Cobb and he's like the next Randall Cobb, or he's supposed to be. You cannot feel confident with Randall Cobb almost certainly not going to be on the next Packers team. That he is he is in so, fact capable of doing that. Uh, I, okay, it is my least favorite season right now, and it's cryptic Instagram season. Oh no, it's, it, it is what I absolutely hate. Randall, who are Cobb, you following? Uh, Randall Cobb posted an Instagram post that was, it literally could be taken either as a goodbye. Or as a, I'm coming back. It is like, it's literally like, thanks for welcoming me and my family back to Green Bay. I'm I'm having a great time. And it's like, what? Like, are you going? Are you staying? I I don't know. And then you get Devonte posting, uh, like songs in his story about getting paid. And I I hate cryptic Instagram season. It is the worst. Yep. Yeah, it's almost like why post at all. You don't it you is. don't have to. It, so, do you, do you the... want to put out a message just to say after the fact, well, that's what I was actually saying? I don't know. What's the, what's the uh the um every every sports tweet? So yeah, typical QB, love my teammates, God is good. <laughs> Running back tweet, keep grinding. Tight end tweet, derp. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Wide receiver tweet should be a crime, or it's like, uh, it's like, uh, my enemy sp- speaks softly but carries yeah. a knife. Yes, <laughs> like, that's perfect. <laughs> I gotta find the original source on that, but yeah, um, yeah. it's funny when I first saw that, uh, uh, Sternberger had just posted a tweet that was like, I love sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chase, there, I'll be curious to know on special teams what components actually come back. I think we kind of expect that's the end of the Mason Crosby era. Steven Wordle was a long snapper who played on this team. Oh. Uh, Amari, Amari Rogers, I'm not sure if they stick with him going forward as the kick returner. As excited as we were about the Corey Bajorquez experience at the beginning of the year, it didn't yeah. exactly work out. Obviously, they got a new coach coming in. I, I legitimately cannot say that any of those people will be back. I imagine probably one of them or, or more will be, but um this is a remodel job right like i don't i can't imagine any of these components are salvageable yeah maybe amari maybe amari rogers just because he's so young he's got lots of time yeah maybe <laughs> 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 anything to be nice anything is possible uh, 
But mm. I think you're right. There's there's right, no reason. Calm down, Kevin Garnett. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I would I would probably take Bajorquez back um, mm-hmm. for another go, maybe. But if I mean if they can draft the super awesome punter in college, they shouldn't. Um, but it was it was just an all out disaster. I'm not, I didn't even put an MVP for special teams on here because I mean who would you even consider giving it to? Oren Burks maybe I guess. Oren Burks absolutely. Oren Burks fine. It's Oren Burks. <laughs> but like that doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> one guy does not a special teams unit make. Well, and, and, and I guess the biggest problem too is like when this when the when the uh, MVP is a gunner and they didn't put up like a phenomenal season the way Jeff Janis did in um was it twenty. 2015 yeah something like that. what was whatever buda baker's rookie year was that was jeff janice like magical <laughs> special team year. of course um, the, the classic rookie year of buda baker that i use for <laughs> reference on all things no i use it because have i not explained this i swear i've explained this like 12 times on this podcast um buda baker went to the pro bowl his rookie year as a special teams gunner because he was a pretty good safety who was a pretty good gunner jeff janice was an amazing gunner who was a bad wide receiver and so Buddha was voted into the Pro Bowl over him. Got it. Okay. So that's that's why I have that that point uh, of reference. Understood. It's like winning a Gold Glove award. You have to be a good enough hitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you could say Bojo. His first half was was great. It was. It was good. You want to call him an MVP of the special teams for first half? Problem is the playoffs are after the second half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> I need to quote that. <laughs> <laughs> It's even yeah, hard to pick. Well. It's hard to pick an LVP because uh, I think for the whole season, I don't even know. Like I was going to say Mason, who can't kick it into the end zone anymore and sucked kicking, but a lot of his his bad kicking was due to bad holding and bad snapping, and the bad snapper got cut, and then a new bad snapper showed up. I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe you a... give it to Hunter Bradley because he put them in a position <laughs> yeah, where they yeah. needed to bring a guy in off the street who, granted, got things turned around, but then was you Couldn't know block. suspect on a really important yeah. play in the postseason. <laughs> I don't know. Just terrible. All right. Tough scene. But the, MV- scene was... the MVP is Aaron Rodgers, right? For real. The, the, yeah. the, the, uh, okay. Well, the MVP of the special teams is J.J. Molson. Yeah. Next year, that's possible. <laughs> By the way, last time I meant so you asked somebody asked really quickly, oh, is he Canadian? And I it was, it was dismissed me. that. Uh, he's super Canadian. He's Canadian. He's he is he's Canadian. Yep. Yeah. So uh, so he is, oh. in, as we said, eighth generation of the Molson family, the beer family. Yep. Uh, as somebody part of a beer empire, he will be an excellent addition to the Packers active roster. All right. So he is from French Canada. Yeah. Right. Okay. Before we move on, would anybody like to call it any unsung heroes? Uh, I only thought of this late. I meant to put it in the rundown, but I ran out of time. I wanted to give just a quick shout out to like Josh Nyman, who, mm-hmm. yeah, who absolutely. came in and played really well at a really hard position and uh, struggled at first and got consistently better, like a lot of the offensive line did. Um, and uh, I think they would not have even been close to as good without his efforts. So, yeah. Uh, and also Adrian Amos, who I think flies under the radar a little bit uh, on that defense, which is kind of star-studded, um, at least up front, uh, and it also with Jair, and uh, played just another really, really good year at, sa- at safety, and he has never had a bad year at safety. Every single year, he's good. I would I would also vote for Billy Turner, who is a rock. Yeah, good call. It's not his fault he got moved to left tackle spontaneously for no good reason. He was for he was sure. very very good on the offensive line, and he's a guy that I think we all oh, I won't speak for you guys that I definitely shout out when they signed, and who's turned into a very oh, very yeah. very good signing. Like, Billy Turner's so, really good. <laughs> when the Packers signed Billy Turner, I got a lot of crap from Donkey fans here. They're like, "You guys just paid how much mm. for our our uh, backup guard?" Yeah, 
He's yeah, good. I think I said it. I said it a couple weeks ago. Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Billy Turner, Adrian Amos, all guys signed within a what forty-eight hour window. If, yeah. if, you, if not even twenty-four hour window, uh, what a what a class! What a free agent class Phenomenal. that was for the Green Bay Phenomenal Packers. Phenomenal class. They got a lot out of it. Yep. A lot out of it. All right. So shall we talk about the the play the the player two of the year that you wanted to to highlight? Um. Yes, but I will need more of a lead in than that because I forget who you're talking about. Oh, well, you just have a list of best moments, I guess, is yeah, how best you listed it on the rundown. Yes. And there were a lot. I mean, like, I mean, it goes without saying, nobody's going to remember these moments. They're going to remember this fact that San Francisco beat the Packers at the end on a field goal with the snow falling and a frustrating loss. So all this stuff is just going to kind of get memory hold, I think. But uh, I, I mean, for me, <laughs> for me, it, it's it's Roswell Douglas because they're facing 7-0 and Arizona yep. national TV honest to God, like there's no scenario where I thought they were going to win that football game or at least get away with anything less than overtime. And uh, Rizul Douglas, you know, AJ, AJ Green stops his route. Douglas is heads up enough to make the play. It's against uh, against the team that didn't want him. <laughs> that, that had him on the practice squad where the Packers picked him up and he uh, he makes the game clinching interception in the end zone. Like that's <laughs> also that's wild. You, you have to remember that the Cardinals is also the team that didn't want Devondre Campbell. Yeah. Is that so, true? Yes. Oh. Uh, Devondre Campbell came from the Cardinals. I thought he came from Atlanta. Mm, did he? I swear to God. It was I thought he him. came from the Browns. <laughs> he came from the... <laughs> All right. Well, we got to so, Google so this. He was, he, was, he was drafted by Atlanta. Okay. But he came from the Cardinals. Oh, he signed wow. a one-year contract in 2020 with the Cardinals, and they did not re-sign him. So the Packers got him in June. That's nuts. Wow. All right. I, I yes. don't know why I had Atlanta. Oh, I, I guess I had Atlanta in my head because... It's he was ATL, he was, ATL, 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 ARI. Well, he was, he was in Atlanta for four years, yeah. so I don't blame you. Okay. But he came from not being re-signed by the Cardinals. Shout out to the Cardinals. Yeah, shout good, out to the good Cardinals. Good friends. And they beat Dallas. Uh, it was a big, at the time, yeah. it was a big. Also. Uh, it enabled the Packers to clinch with a week to go. Maybe that's not what you want. Maybe ultimately you look back <laughs> and think they needed to be uh, to be hot for that Detroit game. Even I, I, I love that Douglas play because it's the kind of game where like the, the other team is driving down. You're like, okay, well, maybe they'll get a random turnover. That's all we can really hope for. And it never happens. It, like no. that, that never, ever happens. And it finally happened. And it was just marvelous. Well, so the, the play to A.J. Green, I think, is a lot of, a lot of film study. Like Razul seemed to know like where the ball was going to be. That's true. That's a good point. Um, he knew better than and, AJ Green did where the ball was going and to my, be. And my the very famous uh, I gotta find this exact um quote from Razul Douglas. Uh I go through every week with the same mindset. I try to look for plays that I can get an interception on that I could jump. And I always tell my safeties what plays I'm going to jump. So in case I don't do that, hopefully they're in the post. And if not, hopefully Jesus is in the post. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus in the post, baby. Um, I would say that this year, as far as offense goes, there are not many moments. You remember, I think, Aaron Rodgers telling Chicago fans that he still owns them. Yeah, that was yeah. That sticks out. But there aren't a ton of like splash plays where I'm thinking, wow, that was really, there were a lot of moments that the Packers almost let a game get away, like against Baltimore <laughs> and Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like they, they did have some actually Aaron Rodgers, I think his best offensive game of the year is again in the loss to Minnesota, but yeah, that's I think a game that's they true. Win. Yep. So like, this was a, this was a weird year. I mean, for as 
as many close games as they played and as many like, you know, 13 and three, like, I guess you remember the Cincinnati game for how sheer bananas it was, you know, Mason Crosby missing three field goals <laughs> and still kicking the game winner. And how about Evan McPherson who missed missing two a field, field goal. goals? Yeah. Yeah. He missed two in that game. He went over for two in field goals. Evan McPherson has missed two field goals since that week four game. He has missed two since, including uh, the game winner, of course, to send them to the Super Bowl last week. So like that's wild in retrospect, but I would yeah, say, did you guys, the, the Packer, did you guys see oh, the, ahead, the? Did you see the conversation that Crosby had with him after the game? No, I, no, don't, no. I don't think I did. Okay, so there's there's floating around. You can find it on Twitter. Crosby coming up to McPherson and saying, "Like, like, look, man, it's good that you miss those. Now you're going to make them in the future. You're going to have a great career. You got a good leg. You got a good head on your shoulders. Like, he's hitting him with all these like these praise of like, like, brush it off, man. This game doesn't matter. You're going to kill it moving forward. Like, you're going to have a great career." Uh-huh. He keeps keeps repeating that, and then he yeah. he kicks the game winner to go to yeah. the Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl, dude's so, only been legally able to drink for a year, and he's never gonna have to buy another one. He, in Cincinnati. He was, my favorite, my favorite line was four years ago. He was a high school senior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a legend in Cincinnati now. Like you don't, I mean, he looks it too. He looks all of twenty two. Yeah, well, Chris Collinsworth is a legend in Cincinnati, and he's the reason they don't have a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Evan McPherson, man. Uh, oh, also. Uh, Collinsworth is calling the Super Bowl, which I think is hilarious. Oh yeah, good for him. So um, that Cincinnati game had a few good uh, potential entries into great plays. Devondre Campbell also had a game-saving interception in overtime in that game, and uh, a bunch of people missed kicks in overtime still, but uh, they, they probably don't win without him. But um, you're, I feel like all of the Packer memorable plays this year were more just like wacky shit versus cool plays that they designed. And uh, in proving that, uh, just in looking for a good memorable plays, I ran all of the pass plays that were 30 yards or longer this year. There were 23 of them. Uh, The Packers scored touchdowns on two of them, um, which is insane. One of them was the 75-yarder to MVS, um, which was a a good play. Um, And then Devontae had a 38-yarder against the Bears, which, you know, it's the Bears. Who cares? It's the Bears, yeah. yeah. And th- that is a drastic downturn from last season when they had 28 plays, uh, pass plays over 30 yards, and eight of them scored touchdowns. Uh, so their 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 deep passing game really did let them down this year, and uh, led to a lack of really impressive offensive highlights. There's just not a ton of them. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. Best you can tell, as far as Aaron Rodgers statistically was better last year than he was this year, but not by not by a, a market amount. He's certainly better than he was in 2018 and even 2019 when even though the Packers yep. were really good, Rodgers didn't have his best season. Um, are there signs to you that that the long play issue or, or anything is a sign of decline? Because, you know, we thought coming into this whole fiasco with Aaron Rodgers that, well, the the, the team can't invest long term in him because eventually he's going to decline. And we saw it in, 20, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019. But, you know, here he is rebounding, of course, for back-to-back MVP seasons. Do you still see, though, like, I mean, he is still getting 30, 39 years old, 40 years old. Like you still have to assume yeah. there is something there. Like, how do you look at that? I, don't... I mean, we saw same old Rogers in the, uh, in the playoffs. We did. Like, we did. Like he got nervous and went to a safety blanket. He, he literally had two completions that weren't Aaron Jones and Devonte Adams. Like you yeah. can, you can look at, you can look at a stat sheet and say like, Oh, he had 20 completions for 225 yards. That's not so bad. It's like when you realize that that's literally to two people. Yeah, I, I don't think it's decline um, because he still is very accurate and still makes those, you know, only Rodgers can do it throws with some regularity. But I think uh, personnel wise, they were definitely hurt by MVS not being out there and being less effective. 
uh, he, him taking the top off is generally like really, really, really helpful. Uh, we shouldn't ignore that. But the other thing is, we talked a lot about the, at the beginning of the season, especially after that Saints game, about the cover two shell. You guys, I'm sure, remember we mm-hmm, like we mm-hmm. we talked a ton about his kryptonite and playing cover two, and it, it does work, but not every team team can play it. And the teams played it a lot this year. And one of the ways to beat that cover two shell is to throw underneath it and get yak and hit your running backs and hit Devontae. It's hard to challenge it over the top. There's two safeties back there. That's what makes it tricky. It makes you be patient and go down the field. And I think a lot of teams played that, that Rodgers played against it well for the most part by not challenging people deep and throwing underneath. But if you get to a team like San Francisco... Uh, they're inverted in how they're able to defend people. They suck at defending deep throws. They still threw two safeties back there a lot. Um, but if you've played the whole season and your muscle memory and your coaching is cover two, check down, cover two, check down, you're throwing into the teeth of the good part of the San Francisco defense. I think that is a coaching mistake, and I think a lot plays into that. I think it it is just the way that this, the whole season went with Aaron being patient, but also um, I think it is his lack of risk taking. His you know he doesn't throw picks. He doesn't like to throw picks. Uh, deep throws against a too deep secondary is a risky throw, but against San Francisco, it's one you have to make, and they didn't. And that's why they lost. So I don't think it's decline. I think uh, it's a mixture of everything I just said. Sort of poor coaching. Poor risk analysis and not having that over-the-top deep threat. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wonder, I, I don't know if I floated this last week. I don't think I did. His deep throw to Devontae, now famous deep throw, after the, the 49ers had tied the game. I wonder if he's thinking there in that moment, you know what, I'm just going to heave it up there. It's either going to come down to Devontae or they're going to pick it. And then it's an arm punt because I don't trust my punt unit right now to get off a clean, sturdy hit to send the ball downfield. Remember, this is the first drive after the the special teams block like i wonder if that entered into his brain at all we'll never know but i also you know like just subconsciously in the moment i wondered you know in the moment i thought well that's because special teams can't be trusted and so he had to he really felt like he had to do everything himself and that that cost him it might be a little bit i also just think he thinks he can make that throw it it was a even though javante was doubled because if there was a safety over the top it was josh norman who sucks but (laughs) here's the thing that's a hard throw it's just Dropping that ball in on the sideline um, to any receiver is tough. And, um, you know, he's got much better options over the middle and with EQ breaking deep. And um, I just think he saw Devontae and I can make that throw and tried to. And just one of those where it's hard and he didn't. So you're saying he Uncle Rico'd it? A little bit, yeah. Like how, how much you want me to throw a ball over them safeties? <laughs> <laughs> to Devontae? Well... We saw him do it successfully a lot during the season. Think about how many Devontae over-the-shoulder 30-yard catches we saw where he did just drop it in there perfectly. That's all he was trying to do, and he'd done it a bunch of times. But that's a hard throw. It's a really, really hard throw. It's harder in 11-degree weather with snow falling on you. Um, and uh, that's, I think, what burned him there. All right, should we get to the questions? Let's do questions. 
All right, we do have more Patreon questions. We'll get to some of the Twitter questions from last week as well. We'll start with Mark, Mark Pudscarby. If the Packers extend Rodgers, do you believe they trade Love? If so, what round pick do you think a team would give up for him? I think that's a, an interesting question. You know, the assumption is, of course, they move on from Love. But for what end? I mean, he's still maybe a credible backup, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one with Love because you never like trading a guy that you picked in the first round for for less less than that especially yeah. well, not okay so if they don't get a first and a fourth for him it's it's a loss and it's probably going to be a loss um, of course it's going to be a loss. so right i'm just saying like that's, that's that's they spent a first and a fourth on him what what you have to hope here is that there are a few teams out there that had similar grades on love that that haven't seen enough to discount him being good they would still spend and you, you don't need a lot you need two you need two or three but you just need two people to bid off each other, but I don't think you're going to get a lot. He hasn't shown anything, uh, so and all the good part of his contract is all gone. So, I, like, if you get a second back, you can count yourself lucky. I don't think you will. Uh, I think you're looking at a third or lower, and I, I just think he's kind of a bust. <laughs> so that's how it is. I still think this is a, COVID has a lot to do with this. He didn't. He didn't get reps. He didn't get evaluation. They don't know enough about him yet because he lost that entire preseason. And, and it just the way I, I just don't think they make that deal if they think if they know COVID's going to last for two years and just completely obliterate the preseason exhibition season and everything. Uh, I think they wait a year to figure it out, figure it out then. And then who knows how the order of events come together. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I don't I, I was not confident when Aaron Rodgers took over. This is going to be compared to the 20, 2007 2008 transition over and over again. Yep. I wasn't I wasn't. I was prepared for years of rebuild. I was prepared that, you know, I knew he'd been good in the, that one Cowboys game, but like, I didn't think that I, I thought, you know, I thought it might be a flash in the pan. I didn't have any reason to believe that Aaron Rodgers was going to be even, even like pro bowl or pro bowl or better than just fine. Like I had no reason to think that. <laughs> JR, are you like that guy in the very famous now uh, run in with Ted Thompson? Who's like, you've got Brett, <laughs> you've got Brett Favre who could take you to the Super Bowl. You've got Aaron Rodgers who could take you to the toilet bowl. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I recognized it was right to move on from Brett Favre. I thought that was the right time to do it. I was also prepared for the era of good feelings to be over in yeah. Green Bay. Yeah. You know, I thought, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers is something someday, but like there's going to be three years here where you're down. If you, I mean, like there's no way I would have said, oh, back, they'll be back in the playoffs in 2009. Like two, one year, <laughs> one down year has to go by and they're back. Like who, who expects that? So our, our, uh, blood feud opponents over at cheesehead tv are now <laughs> full-on get rid of rogers as soon as possible but, are they yeah they yes. are they really have that is, that, is, think, that is the direction wow. they've turned this I, week I, um i think that they are um not to be cynical but see that that's likely to happen and so want mm. to get on the love bandwagon you know that's uh, god bless cheesehead tv they are they're they're cheerleaders primarily i enjoy them he's the guy you're going to be cheerleading so it might as well yeah. start early um and, 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 and some of the reasons that they've chosen, I, I, I don't like, like they're smarter than the reasons that they're, that they're grandstanding. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, I get it. Like when, when you have seen a very similar scenario play out in the favor of the heir apparent. Yeah. I can understand being like, okay, we've got a new GM with his pick when he had a hall of famer. Like it's literally the, if you were to write a movie about it, it's the exact same scenario as the Ted Thompson pick, you know, like disgruntled, whatever. Um, but, you know, we didn't know they were disgruntled until. Yeah. But he's like, you, you got to cement 
your legacy now and get rid of Rodgers. And I'm over here like, wow, what if that's like the all-time backfire and you just cemented your legacy that you suck and you ruin the team? One of my things is like, uh, we, it's true that we don't have a lot of NFL film on Love yet. Like we, we have some preseason and we have one and a half games. thing is, he's not as good a prospect as Rodgers was. And that is hindsight, but... Um, one of the things we have in hindsight is better metrics for things like we have CPOE and I've run QBOPS for Aaron Rodgers season and he's a 400, 600 guy and um, loves not love is a non accurate prospect. He's a developmental prospect. Uh, even if um, you like love a lot, he is, he's, he is going to be, um, he's going to take longer to come around and his future is much less certain than Rodgers ever was. And, and just the fact that he hasn't shown that many flashes in games is very, very disturbing. So um, uh, it's all projection with him. Honestly, if he's going to make it, that's great, and they, they should keep him. But if he doesn't make it, more tape on him might be actually a little bit risky because there are people that like his profile. The Packers are one of them, but like he is very much like Drew Locke, who um, uh, if you liked Drew Locke, you'd probably like Jordan Love. They're very similar athletic profile-wise and accuracy profile-wise. There are teams out there that like that profile for God knows why. Um, but <laughs> if you can get one of them to give you something, you probably should do it because but can can Jordan Love rap along with Young Jeezy like Drew Locke can? <laughs> uh, so I've always been of the belief that there is a third option here where it's neither Rogers nor Love who yep, is quarterback yep, next yep. season, Agreed. and it's Marcus Mariota. <laughs> or Jimmy Garoppolo, like no, 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 no. I don't think it's not. look. I don't think it's going to be Jimmy G. Mainly because I don't think they're going to be able to swing a second trade that doesn't involve Aaron Rodgers to get Jimmy G. Because they're not trading Aaron Rodgers to an NFC potential playoff rival. But uh, I, I still think that there's a world here where that you know either because somebody comes back in a Rodgers trade, more likely it's just a separate. You know, like a Marcus Mariota. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of stop gaps out there to, there to give them more time or to just give them more time to like figure out who who if Jordan Love ain't it, who, who the next person is. So uh here's I, the I thing. Don't... We we go out and we offer Matt LaFleur a hundred thousand dollars per loss. Yeah. Sorry, that that is okay. So uh by the time this podcast comes out, that's gonna be beaten to death. The Flores lawsuit. Um, but that's new today. It's new to us. So that, that joke was funny and fresh. Oh, remember to always sign your text messages. Like, Oh my God. Incredible stuff. PJ, uh, PJ Vessel says the offensive game plan sounds like it was developed by many coaches. And now some of those coaches have left the organization. Uh, Obviously Nathaniel Hackett among them. Uh, how much are you concerned about the offense and game plans with some of the brain trust leaving? I'm not that concerned. Um, I'm not concerned. Whenever your head coach is also the offensive guru, he should be able to still instill like what he wants to do, teach down to the implementation and execution part. Uh, they should be fine on the offensive side, honestly. I mean, you also have to think that he put the staff together in the first place. He should be able to come up with their replacements. Yeah. And uh, like, also, here's the other thing. The Packers are, are um, they're not perfect, but generally speaking, they run a pretty good organization. And in a good organization, you will have people able to execute on the sort of overall vision um, and, and plan on people moving along. Like if you're going to be good, 
people are going to poach your guys and you got to have you know your your sort of teaching mechanisms documented and set up you have to know um you know have a list of who you might hire and promote and the packers have promoted from within already um and you got to have a plan for this stuff and they almost always seem to so it, it sucks to lose talent all the time but uh, they still have the guy who's in charge of the offense and it's been a good offense um and he seems to know what he's doing and uh, honestly, turnover on defense is probably trickier for them just because it happens so much more often and there's not a good established plan there yet. So uh, this is this is probably fine. <laughs> so uh, here's a question regarding the uh, the option I was talking about, a quarterback, neither Love nor Rodgers. Dr. Hillbilly asks, if the Packers are forced <laughs> to move on from Rodgers and don't trust Love going forward, what about trading for your boy, Paul? I love Tyler. my boy. Well, isn't he isn't he a free agent? He, he, I believe he is a free agent. I think he's a. Uh, is he not, an Urfa? Uh huh. Yeah, uh, I think so. So, well, in a post Rogers situation, is it better to run with Love because poor performance increases the twenty twenty three draft capital? Well, shit. What's the the highest that they can tender him? Second? Yes. Yeah, I, I'd trade a second for Tyler Huntley. Nobody else would, but I would too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think the Packers are going to do that. Is the thing. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. Like. Uh, I'm not even tongue-in-cheek about Tyler Huntley. I legitimately do think he's good. Um, those are the kinds of guys they should be looking at, though. Here's why. Uh, if he, he won't cost that much. Even a second-rounder for a quarterback who might be good isn't that much draft capital. Right. Um, and, yeah, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. In- <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you're talking about a team that believes they have the next quarterback on this roster already. So I'm not sure they do. Well, um, maybe they don't. Maybe uh, we'll find out if they trade yeah. a second round pick. They absolutely do not. Yep. So. And, and it, I still think Tyler Huntley can be really good. If he is great, I actually think he'd be great in the Lafleur offense. Um, if if not, that's okay because you didn't spend that much, and um, you still get can draft a guy to develop. Like uh, I still believe more than anything, you shouldn't be afraid to cycle through quarterbacks when you don't have one. The dumbest mm-hmm. thing you can do is settle on one who's not the answer, which too many teams do. Like. I, I don't, that's how you, that's are, how you get a, a decade of Andy Dalton. It's a, Andy Dalton was the first thing that jumped to yeah. my brain. Yeah, it's, <laughs> how you, it's how you get a decade of Andy Dalton. You don't want to get a decade of Andy Dalton. You you have to go through this until you're sure you've got one. And they should take uh, chances on guys like Huntley. And and Matt mentioned Marcus Mariota. A um, I don't think he'll ever be anything, but um, he suffered nerve damage in his throwing arm that may or may not be healed. And if it's healed maybe he can be something still. He showed flashes this year when he got to play. And when he was bad, it was because he couldn't throw the ball. So um, there are quarterbacks like that that are worth taking a look at as reclamation projects or prospects that aren't on everybody's radar. And the Packers should be all in on all of them. The best quarterback room they ever had had Favre and Mark Brunel and Matt Hasselbeck and Kurt Warner looking on from the sideline in it. You want that. You don't want Andy Dalton... Um, number one, not number one pick, first round pick. You don't want that. That's bad. All right, Tim Brown asks, go back to January 2019. Packers decide not to be cheap and hire Darren Rizzi as special <laughs> teams coordinator. How much different are the last three seasons under Matt LaFleur? You you still see early exits in the first two seasons, but I think that you see a Super Bowl berth in this one. Yeah, you do. You totally do. <laughs> well, that's the tricky thing is is if we're talking special teams, it's it's all about the the basically flash plays. Like maybe you're prepared to avoid them, maybe maybe not, because it's still a small sample of the overall game. So, like you said, I don't think it makes a huge huge difference, but it may have shown up when it mattered most. I suspect, and, uh, if nothing else, you guys have guys executing their blocking assignments properly, 
every single time and doing that twice in the last game would have made them win the game so i think that they're i think they're on the way to the super bowl this season for sure there's probably even hidden plays the last couple seasons with sean menenga that that would have actually boosted the packers substantially too um it, it would have made a big difference uh, honestly well i i think about it though without sean menenga um jk scott never messes with his kicking mechanics yeah he might be maybe, good maybe he's still good yeah, yeah. like yeah, there's there's a that's a big butterfly effect. It is. And uh, if you accept the premise that Maurice Drayton was the problem, and I know most Packers fans and even the organization who have fired him, I guess I guess do, you know, he said early in the year to to like stay the course. We're going to we're going to get through it. We're going to get better. <laughs> that included keeping Armari Rodgers out there as a kick returner when there may have been other options to pursue. Uh, it includes keeping a lot of things in place. Obviously they changed long snappers, but I don't know. Maybe so, <laughs> still hit the table. Moore at, wasn't out there for the playoffs, even though it didn't hurt them. Right. As of as of right now, I have only seen one defender of Mo Drayton, and it was Isaac Yadam. Isaac Yadam, right? Yeah. yeah. Thirty six hours after he was cut. By the way, did we did, just to make sure? Did we say Tim Brown correctly? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I, I made no mental. Did note I? I have no idea. Okay. You did. You said. you said Tim Brown. So oh, right. oh, very there good, you go, Tim. Excellent. All right, Kevin Kevin Cunninger. Every draft is unique with different strengths and weaknesses. Where are the strengths and weaknesses in this draft? Uh, well, the weakness is quarterback. quarterback. All the quarterbacks um, suck. The the weakness is also, I believe, is it right tackle? There's like no right tackles. Uh, I believe tackle um, generally, but yeah, right tackle I've seen mentioned as a huge weakness. Um, but I think the D line is looking pretty good. Uh, I hear D line and uh, tight end. I hear is pretty good. Yeah, uh, well, the tight ends deep, deep. Tight ends deep. deep. Not uh, not top heavy, but deep. There's quite a few good ones. Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of mid round. I, I, I ran I ran uh, Rops the other day, and it looks like the receiver class is actually not as good as the last two years. Not terrible, but uh, <laughs> well, that's not a surprise. <laughs> yeah, you mean you mean one I of mean, which was two, historically great. Honestly, they were both pretty awesome. Um, but uh, uh, so the, it, not the best year to be looking for difference making wide receivers. A couple guys out there, but uh, not as deep as it has been. Kevin Cunningham's second question: As someone who would prefer getting something also known as trading Rodgers, rather than nothing like letting him go after next year, what would you prefer to see the Packers get back if they do trade Rodgers and or Adams picks or oh. young players? If young players, is there a specific position you? I mean, you're you're getting both. Like if you're if you're trading Rodgers, it's multiple firsts yeah. and and young players. And players. But the picks are the important thing. The Packers, if they're trading Rodgers, they're doing a rebuild of some level. They're in a bad cap situation. Picks are much more valuable for them going forward for that reason. So picks are what you want. If you get a few young guys, fine. But it's all—it's mostly about draft picks. Did you guys, you guys see Ross Uglum's uh, hypothetical trade to Tampa? Nope. Yeah, he he just like randomly earlier today threw out like a like this is my fake trade if you traded Rogers to Tampa, and it was uh, Worfs, uh, <laughs> okay, Winfield. Uh, a first and a third from 2022, and then a second and a third from 2023, which I initially agreed with. But I thought if you add in a wide receiver, I think I would take that trade. <laughs> it's fine. So, so a uh, uh, really good offensive lineman, yeah. really good, really good safety, a pretty good wide receiver, and a whole lot of draft capital. I'd take that. Sure, why not? Man, that's just such a juicy prospect the idea of getting a couple firsts and a couple actual like tangible difference makers that yeah. just seems like and for 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 what for a year maybe of of an mvp you know like 
you can't you can't well, expect them to be great after that necessarily. Matt Stafford caught two firsts. Uh, the Seahawks traded was it two was it first and a second or two firsts for Jamal Adams? Yeah, first and a second, I think. Uh, first and second, just for the opportunity to pay him. Yeah. Well, they're not smart, but yes. yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, we question that decision. All right, uh, we're moving into Twitter questions. Here's some old ones, and I really like this first one from David Column. Uh, why has the generally overperforming offensive line underperformed each of the last two postseasons? They seem to do fine against elite pass rushers in the regular season. I would throw in the caveat that the line was great against the Rams last season, yeah. uh, but did not mm-hmm. do as well against Tampa Bay. I don't know well, if that was just one more week of Aaron Donald Terry on tape. Aaron Donald was hurt. Um, I think that was the big difference maker last year. Yeah, and the rest of the Rams line is good, but not great. Like Leonard Floyd's yeah. good, um, but Tampa Tampa Bay's line was awesome, and that's reason one A while they struggled this season. It, it has nothing to do with anything schematic or anything. They just that they, they were stupid in how they assigned the offensive line this this time. <laughs> uh, I still think if they go with the Ocean Iman and Billy Turner, they're fine in this game. And putting Dennis Kelly out there was a bad decision. That's that's the main reason they struggled against the 49ers. So it's not a pattern, just against a good team and then making a dumb decision. Ugh, gross. Yeah, I don't know if there's something to be said for specificity of focus, too. When your season's on the line, yeah. you can really exploit what's going on with an offensive line. I have no Spe- idea. Specificity of focus is the name of my new prog rock album. <laughs> that's, not even the, that's not even the right sentence. Specificity wasn't a word I needed there, but uh, the focus, I guess. Nope. Um, Ryan Ziegler asked if there were realistic trade options or if, uh, or if Rogers has choked away enough or is toxic in the media enough that nobody will touch him. No, I mean, kind of talked like- about. Like there, there are teams that would back up a Brink truck full of monoclonal antibodies to get around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yep, Steve Garshinsky asks, uh, of course, uh, of Steve Garshinsky, a favorite of reporting is eligible. What's the worst, most disappointing game you've ever attended? It doesn't have to be a Packers game. Oh, Gentlemen. um, I went, I went to a Sky Sox game once. <laughs> really? Well, it, it wasn't good. They were really bad. There are no disappointing games in AAA. It was that God. The thing that bothered me most about AAA was these guys are supposed to be the up and comers, and there there was no hustle. Like it was dudes jogging to fly balls, and it, I'm like, come on, just try, please. I think you'd be surprised how sometimes at AAA you don't see the prospect laden teams that a lot of the top top guys are kept at a double a double A. Yeah. And then AAA is kind of the roster filler. Guys who could go to the major leagues, but are like kind of quad A players. You have kind of two guys at AAA. You've got guys that are good and like almost major leaguers, but not going to make it to test the guys coming through AA before they get up to the majors. So, really? um, I mean, it's one of the few things that uh, Bull Durham kind of gets right-ish. <laughs> I will say it was, it was $2 Tuesday. So parking was $2. Tickets were $2. Hot dogs are two dollars, and Coors Light was two dollars. Uh, minor league baseball is a beautiful thing. How can this be a disappointing game? Given all those yeah. the game, it, the game so, itself was disappointing. Got I was at uh, I was at the the Bucks seventy sixers game in the two thousand one um, Eastern Conference Finals, where um, Glenn Robinson missed the baseline jumper. Yes, with as time was expiring, that would have given the Bucks a, a, a commanding lead and essentially won the series. Um, and, uh, just, it was in and out, it rimmed out. It should have gone down. Um, Ray Allen came in to, to try and clean it up and got almost goaltended by Dikembe Mutombo. And that was kind of it. So, um, that was it. That was their last best chance at a 
<clears throat> at a title before the actual title. And uh, it was very devastating at the time. Yeah, I got two very recent examples. Uh, one was the Brewers in the 2018 NLCS Game 7. They, yeah. uh, they lose to the Dodgers. When they go to the World Series, lose, they don't. Uh, for me, it was disappointing because I was going to have a chance to cover the World Series. I had a I had a hotel booked in Boston, which is where the World Series would have started. I had a plane <sighs> ticket, and uh, the second the last shot was recorded, I canceled uh, canceled my reservations and uh, was just uh, pretty pretty bummed out about that. A lot of air out of the balloon, but I think it was even worse watching the Bucks in the 2019 NBA Eastern Conference Finals against Toronto. They take a 2-0 series lead, then it's tied 2-2. You come back for Game 5. Uh, David Bakhtiari is downing beers. The place, like, Milwaukee is on fire. Absolute fire. And obviously, they got their, you know, they got their follow-up. They got their championship in 2021. So it's not a sad story in retrospect. But I have never experienced just the air being let out of the balloon more seriously. than when the Bucks lost that game. It was... It was it was a funeral inside Pfizer Forum and then on the streets thereafter. It was it was awful. So I, I do actually have a like a real answer. Okay. All right. Um Lions Packers, September twenty eighth, nineteen ninety seven. Do you get okay. was, so a pretty insignificant game? It was my first ever Packer game. All right. Um it was Packers in the Silver Dome, uh en route to their second Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um in the far bear, the Packers were uh, three and two at the time, I think. And the Lions were, were as well. Um, Favre threw three interceptions and uh, like Barry Sanders had like, he like dude went off. He, he had like a hun- 140 yards or something like that. He does that. Um, yeah. Okay. So I've got the stats in front of me now. So Favre went 22 of 43 for 295, one touchdown and three interceptions. Uh, is that Benny the, Blades taking him away in that pass, game? Passer rating of 45. Oof. Um, let's see here. I'm looking for the interceptions. Uh, it was Robert Porcher. Robert Porcher. 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 All Porcher. right. <laughs> uh, Reggie Brown and Mark Carrier. Sure. Ah, good old Mark Carrier, the other one. <laughs> the other one, yes. <laughs> yes. So There was also a Mark Carrier who was wide receiver for the Buccaneers, for those who wonder who the other one is. Uh, but yeah, uh, Scott Mitchell was the, the Lions quarterback. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, so the the Packers coming off of a dominant Super Bowl win and and eventually coming to like going to a second Super Bowl in a row. Yeah. And I'm watching this, and this was also the year that Barry Sanders announced that he was gonna retire. So like he's like I'm done after uh, this. Right. Um. And so wa- watching Barry Sanders go off on the much louded defense. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It was very disappointing for for uh, eight year old Matt. Indeed, I was also at, Sorry, I was Matt. at one of the Giants playoff losses. That was bad, but I was not at the I was not at the other one. I think that one was worse. Um, the, you were at the fifteen and one, right? Yes, the fifteen and yeah. one, um, and uh, I was also at the San Francisco game with Matt. And that yeah, but you know what? I had a riot. Yeah, it was fun. I, it was good. that was a fun game. I was not nearly as cold as I thought I was going to be. Yep. I got to meet Paul. Steve was a great host. Uh, Lambo the next day was pretty empty. Um, so we got to have a lot of fun at the stadium. Like, yes, it's disappointing to watch it, but like we potentially watched Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer. Yeah, I think when you get in that situation, you want it to not come down to the wire. If you're going to see a 15 and one team lose it in the divisional round, you'd rather be 37 to 20 versus what you saw after the 2007 season Uh. when it went went into overtime that would have been crushing absolutely crushing because you're freezing cold and then you're dead inside on top of it exactly all right <laughs> joe weekend uh bradley and scott or wordle and bojo he's uh, uh s- snap I, combo. Jeez. Yes. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm, it's Wordle and Bojo, but like, carry on. It's Wordle and Bojo, but Wordle, like, that was really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Him and his goddamn tiny pants. Hey, by the way, uh, the Bengals kicker wears tiny pants. Oh, th- th- we got we got to pay attention to tiny pants. Yeah, yeah. Kickers. So uh, I, I checked it, and and he also wears the biker shorts with that right. that cut off halfway down the quad. I don't know what the the the, the teardrop of the quad like when you have well developed quads. You have the, like the teardrop above the the kneecap. Yep. I don't know the name. Hey, for did that. you guys notice the 49ers were not uniform in their sock color? I did not notice that. Yeah, I some had white and socks. some had red. I don't care. Isn't either. that a, isn't that against the rules? I feel like it's against the rules. It was really weird. Just, just mentioning. Wow, it. we should. As a Packers owner, I feel it is yeah. necessary to petition the league. <laughs> That's right. That's uh, right. We got to protest. All right, let's do like two, two more questions, and then. Um, all right. Yeah, go from there. Jonathan DLS don't want to be a victim of results-oriented thinking, but should the Packers have traded Rodgers preseason before the drama, the controversial statements, the lowering of the trade value, playoff loss, especially now with retirement being the bigger option. Also, what do you do with Bakhtiari? I do not think the Packers should have traded him. Nah. They still, they're still going to get a, a haul if they trade him right yeah. now. Yeah, and- yeah. honestly, I think we've discovered that every NFL team is covered by like horrible people or is owned owned and operated by horrible people, yep. and they, they could give a goddamn if Aaron Rodgers like consists on a diet of powdered babies. Yeah, there's been a like, bunch of, there, there've been a bunch of teams trying to get Deshaun Watson even uh, and, and 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 worse people so th- his political views are not a problem honestly like they're not even that weird it's just the way he talks about them that are weird Kirk Cousins is also an anti-vax person and a giant weirdo and it just doesn't generate the the, the pub that Aaron does and um it, there's plenty of bad guys out there it's not a big deal yeah um, it, I want to merge Jonathan's second half when he said what do you do with Bach with yeah. the question that Luke Warmbath asked he said uh, the bacteria, when he signed that record extension in November, 2020, before he tore his ACL right before the Packers, you know, hit the playoffs, he can't argue with the process, but he's arguably the best left tackle in the game. But how much does that extension hurt given the result and the return? Kind of a lot. I mean, it's hard to sugarcoat it. Yeah, We talked about this last week, but if Bakhtiari can go in that game, they probably, I mean, they almost certainly win that game. Dennis Kelly's not out there. Um, and, it uh, it's not good. ACL tears are always bad, but it, uh, even more worrying, I think, is the the non recovery. I mean, Bakhtiari's had more than a year now. He's still got tons of fluid on his knee. There were some speculations about his confidence in his knee, and uh, it, we we always say you never had a bad, you never have had a bad back. You kind of you don't really recover from ACLs either, especially after a certain age. So. It, it, it's not it, it, like you're right. It made sense at the time. It was not a bad signing. Injuries happen a lot in football. He'll probably have a few more good seasons, but uh, it, it's not a great start. And if he is a little bit injury prone every year, getting that knee um, you know, drained every once in a while, it won't be that surprising. I think that's pretty likely. Yeah, I think you could argue Bakhtiari's injury now cost them two postseasons. You could yeah. say that they might have been the difference in the game. We, we do take for granted how athletes do bounce back from ACL tears, it has become so routine that less than a year later, 10 months later, athletes are back at full full strength. I, I think there's probably more cases like Bakhtiari than when we realize of athletes who do not get back to full strength, especially as they're being pushed to do it. I mean, you could imagine a scenario where Bakhtiari tears his ACL at the beginning of a season versus the end. You know he's out for the year. There's no push. You know, he's got the whole season to, to get surgery, 
rehab, rest, whatever is needed. And then they can really take their time and get him ready for week one, as opposed to what you had here, where, you know, he's working as hard as he possibly can to be back for any number of games uh, and, and the playoffs. And, you know, like that's, that's a pretty big ticking time bomb flying over the whole situation. We'll never know if that mattered. It probably didn't matter, but I, I think it would have been better to have a different timetable, maybe yeah. to have it happen early in a season. Uh, Timing I'm is sorry, everything. So- Anytime someone, you, instead of saying the phrase tear your ACL, anytime someone says the exact words ACL tear, it reminds me of that terrible football movie, The Comebacks. There's there's a character in that movie. His name is literally ACL tear. And, <laughs> everyone keeps calling him ACL tear. He's the running back. And he goes, no, it's pronounced a seal Terry. <laughs> and they're like, sure thing, ACL tear. Get out there. <laughs> All right, Jason Knackers asks, I feel like Dylan's injury will always be a big what if in terms of how the game played out. Has he always been on special teams or was that a midseason adjustment? I don't know, midseason. It was was mid-playoff game, game. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does Goody deserve any blame for there being a talent deficiency on special teams or is this purely on the coach? Yeah, I'm I'm going going coach. Yeah, I think coach, uh, just because you can't blame your front office for not giving you special teams depth. Like, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not something you invest in. It's just everybody gets the dregs for special teams, and it's your job to coach them into competency. The, the also, reason... oh, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but my argument here is that Gutekunst gives you a litany of special teams options because the Packers always go after stupid good athletes who might not necessarily be great football players. Yeah, also true. Um, and, and also just the specific problems they encountered in the playoffs we're Tyler Lancaster blocking the outside guy instead of the inside guy. That's it's not a talent problem. That's just that's coaching. That's coaching, uh, and a lot of the problems were coaching. Um, so yeah. All right, I do want to get to one more that I think is pretty good. Uh, it's actually shared by uh, Jerry Eldred and uh, our pal Easynark here. Will <laughs> Matt, the question being, will Matt Lafleur coach another playoff game in Green Bay? Easynark also asks, how long of a runway do you think he has? He says, my guess is. Uh, not a chance and fired in November of 2024. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, I do think it's a good question. Will Matt Lafleur coach in another playoff game? And I, I personally, I believe he will. I do. Think I think, I think that this question being asked last week is kind of unfair. With uh, Brady retiring, I think Rodgers will be motivated to want to run it back, and I think you will see another playoff berth, assuming Rodgers plays in Green Bay this I year. I still don't think he comes back, and so the question then becomes. Uh, will he be around long enough for them to get to another playoff or will he be around long enough for them to get a quarterback who can take them to another playoff? And um, that's a hard question. It's not even necessarily up to him. However, I think that the NFC North is going to be so terrible next year Mm -hmm. that there's still a puncher's chance they sneak in, even if they're garbage. So I'll still say, I'll say yes, because I think I've got an out next year. And, you know, for the next three, next two, uh, two years down the line, after a little bit of rebuilding happens, I still got a chance. So um, I'll say the playoffs are expanded. Trash teams make it. We, we saw it on the first playoff weekend this year. Just how bad you can be and still get in. So um, I think there's a good chance they get, that LaFleur does coach it, even if they're not good. And uh, there's still a decent chance that um, he, he gets reloaded and gets a, an actual good team back in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think so. 
So Easy Narc has a funny uh, in his in his way <laughs> asking a question that that I think we could we could kind of close on because sure. th- the next time we talk we might be talking about Aaron Rodgers the, the whatever happens next if he stays if he goes we might know that the next time we do a podcast he, uh, his way of putting it has any professional athlete squandered more talent than Aaron Rodgers his legacy is obviously <laughs> one of failure but is it the most failure? I mean it's not, it's not even the most it's not even the most failure in Green Bay history. <laughs> I mean that's um, that's Tony Mandridge. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good way. That's a good one. But yeah, um, okay, fair enough. Well, but but his point being, Tony Mandridge probably didn't have the talent that was suspected of him. Aaron Rodgers, we know, is 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 one of the ten best quarterbacks in NFL history. Argument pretty sound that he's one of the five best in NFL history, and he only has he's only been to one Super Bowl. Yeah, so I guess that's where he's coming. He from. didn't win it. I'd say Philip Rivers is probably a, a good yeah. counter to that. Um, uh, Dan Marino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan he, Marino he, comes up. He went to one Super Bowl, right? He did. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think the pre-free agency era is, is a little different, um, but still, your point is a good one. Dan Marino definitely had at least as much talent as Aaron Rodgers, and did jack squat with it in terms of winning <laughs> well, titles. So I remember in 2011, someone crowned Rodgers as Dan Marino with wheels, and that has always stuck with me. <laughs> What's interesting? What about uh, Vinny Testaverde? <laughs> did he have that much? I mean, he did. I he guess. Was, uh, what about Vinny Testaverde? Like, I think he was really, really talented quarterback. He was stuck on. I mean, the Buccaneers did a lot of damage to everybody, but you know, Steve Young managed to escape and and still put together a good career elsewhere. And he he was uh, with the um, the Parcells Jets, right? Yeah, he was. And then he like tore his tore his, AC, his, Achilles? his Achilles tendon. Yeah, that was it. Ugh. Yeah, killer. If you look at the list of all time greats. Obviously, Brady's on that is at the top of like if you're just looking at the all time passing yardage leaders, Brady's number one. And I feel like Brady skews everything. Nice save. I like that save there. (laughs) Well, he's you you got you got Drew Brees right after him. Okay, that guy that guy won a Super Bowl and that's it. Went went to one Super Bowl. Just like just like Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, two peas in a pod there. You're absolutely right. Also, Drew Brees destroys Rodgers in volume stats. So like it they passed a lot more. Well, but well, right, but what I'm saying is is people love box scores and they love comparing box scores. And yeah. when you look at you look at Drew Brees who threw for a bajillion more yards than Aaron Rodgers usually because of stat padding. It's sorry my child's yelling in the background. Right. Um when, when you look at when you look at Drew Brees like that and then you only give his one Super Bowl. Like yeah, that's I think that's kind of worse. And then Peyton Manning, obviously he's been, he's been to three of them. He's won he's won two, but he isn't really thought of as the reason why Denver won. I mean, that's not going to matter 50 years from now. Everyone's going to remember that Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls. Unquestionably, his resume is better. But, you know, Peyton Manning was was, you know, the the face of that position for for a long time. It should be Elway. It's actually annoying. It's not. Elway Late in his career gets two or he's or he I mean, he's a guy who historically goes to Super Bowls and doesn't win them. You know, like there's there's a lot of I would say comps to Aaron Rodgers. But but here's the thing. If if Rodgers wins the MVP this year, he has the most. Full stop. What do he's, you mean? He's he's got four MVPs. That's the well, most. Peyton Manning has five of them. I thought he had four. Why am Ooh. I why am I miscounting? Pretty this? sure he's Is got f- five. God damn it. Yeah, well, okay. there you go. So if Rogers wins the MVP this year, he's gonna come back and go for five. Well, and Rogers could do what Peyton Manning did, and that's go to another team and win a win a Super Bowl, whether or not it's of his own volition. Like that, that book hasn't been written yet, so I don't know. Uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, I don't think anybody would say is a better quarterback than the names we just mentioned, but he does have the two rings. Eli Manning, likewise, you know, no one is saying Eli Manning is in that category, but 
there, there are a lot of people that are comparable to Aaron Rodgers' career, and maybe they had one or two breaks go their way, and they wound up with one extra Super Bowl appearance or one extra championship. But, you know, like, if Tom Brady weren't in the equation, we would we would only be thinking of him in just the absolute top tier of greatness. And as it is, he may be there anyway. So I, it's hard to really feel like – I mean, yes – as many <laughs> NFC Championship games as they went to, as many one seeds as they were, well, I guess there's probably only like two extra one seeds. They, you know, they should have gone to one more Super Bowl at least. They should have gone to one at the very least. And they, didn't I mean, that. 2014, man, that's totally agree with you. That's that is the one, the one that hurts. Yep, that's the, the one, one. That hurts. Absolutely. And I, I think you could make the argument for 2020, but absolutely true that 2014, that game was one, and they somehow snatched it from the jaws of victory. So that stinks, but I don't know, like. Aaron Rodgers gave a lot and I feel like I feel like his his legacy is still going to be dependent on what comes next the next few months yep. maybe is going to inform kind of how we remember him but I, I there, there's no way there's no way you can look at this as in my mind as a, as a straight disappointment um it was it was still pretty pretty special man pretty special ride that it was all right that's a good enough way to end it easy should should always take things out honestly uh, Brad Evans <laughs> all right uh, <sighs> So, as I said, we'll, we'll be back sporadically. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a post-Super Bowl show. We'll see. Uh, but before we do, um, before we go, JR, anything coming up it, it, in both the, the week and also the near future? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's always a mystery <laughs> what's coming up. Uh, the Olympics The Olympics are happening, much to my surprise. Shocking. Like this uh, week really huge, huge upset, actually, at the Olympics I know, are happening. I know. They are happening. So, I'll be doing a little bit on the Wisconsin athletes that – are going to be there. Our Lori, uh, one of my colleagues, Lori Nickel, is there covering, helping cover for USA Today. She is, uh, she's in China. Very excited to be there. So that's really cool. Uh, I did do a thing on a, a Milwaukee police officer who was shot in the line of duty on Thursday last week. Last week Thursday, uh, he got out of the hospital at Freighter on Friday. He's a big Cincinnati Bengals fan. He was dressed head to toe in Bengals gear when he got out of the hospital, and then they, you know randomly went to the super bowl and so he's super excited about that and uh he, he broke down it was a really cool video news today is that wtmj i believe it's wtmj uh foot the bill for him to go to the super bowl tickets oh, lodging nice. uh, a whole bunch of stuff so a uh, shout out to uh to my i guess media brethren at yeah. good karma and, and wtmj that uh, that they're hooking him up so that's that's pretty cool i wrote about him before before the super bowl tickets were were a thing but uh but that's cool and then I'm trying to i think that's it my daughter's selling Girl Scout cookies, so <laughs> that's the big thing in my life right now. My dude, there are literally people in my neighborhood with signs out front that say "Selling Girl Scout cookies, knock." Yeah, <laughs> for real. I mean, it, it, it's it's a it's probably a little bit of a different business than it used to be. I mean, at uh, in in my hometown, there's a very popular donut place, Cranky Al's, on the corner, and there are, there is a troop every oh, yeah. year that sets up shop right outside just to stand i don't even know if they go door to door i don't know why they would because the foot traffic there is insane as it, it is. is and they've just got boxes and boxes and boxes of cookies it's wild it's i tremendous. love cranky else it's great it is good quite quite good yes i'm not a big donut guy but i will eat the donuts of cranky else yes i also like their frozen pizzas that they sell at camp across the street also yes, delightful so good very expensive but yes. so good so good matt how about you um nothing new just make sure everyone goes to fart mcduty.xyz <laughs> And leave a leave a five star review. Still still <laughs> operational after after a month. Okay, so I promise you, FartMcDuty.xyz is going to exist like forever. I'm sure it, it will. I'm sure it will. It is it is going to cost me one dollar and eighteen cents a year to keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, all right, all right. Well spent. So and it's a tax write-off. It, it's a tax write-off. <laughs> all right, I have my my postseason grades up at the Shepherd Express, uh, the season wrap-up column. Go check that out. Um, I will actually have a mini pod this week, and I got two in the can. Um, so if you are a Patreon subscriber, you got stuff to listen to for the next couple of weeks. Why are you recording podcasts in the bathroom? Um, because of your jokes. The acoustics, because of the acoustics, <laughs> it's a lot natural reverb. It is great <laughs> acoustics for for real. It, it man. really, honestly, is great acoustics. Uh, so as, you should hear me sing "Meatloaf in the Bathroom," man. That's a that's <laughs> legendary stuff. And now the podcast will be titled "Meatloaf in the Bathroom." So thank you for that. Uh, appreciate that, Jr. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> this is what hanging out in the tub has done to me. Yeah, I'm yeah. Broken. Hey, man. At least I didn't plug the podcast that I'm listening to now. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Don't do that. We don't, don't, we don't, don't plug that. Podcast. No, it's a it's a good podcast, but we don't plug other podcasts here. Um, <laughs> so uh, people people may know that uh, the Giants and the league was basically sued today over the firing of Brian Flores, and uh, this is my my I don't, my wheelhouse legally doesn't come up that much, but. Uh, this is it. Discovery is it. Um, the reason that people sue the NFL for causes is it. And uh, th- there's some interesting things already about that case specifically. Um, Brian Flores' attorneys screwing up a citation is a big one. Um, but uh, I can, I'm going to discuss exactly what the NFL is has to fear um, and what they don't have to fear on the mini pod. So check that out. Like I said, this is actually my area of expertise. So Go check that out. Not like Ted Johnson's questions, which are always me doing research before. Um, and uh, I'll have another one after that on the three ways you can rebuild the Packers. So two, you'll, you'll get two mini pods in a row at least. If stuff keeps coming up, that's where you'll find it. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, I try to do the mini pods as much as I can because that's a good place to cover the little crap that comes up over the course of the off season. And uh, th- those those are interesting, you know, little pods. So check those out too. Um, I'll have something wrap-up-ish for Acme Packing Company later this week too, and uh, th- that will that'll do it for us for season three. It is a wrap. I always thought that if I held you tightly, you would always love me like you did back then. Then I fell asleep in the city, kept blinking. What was I thinking when I let you back in? I am trying to break your heart I am trying to break your heart You still are the lion if I said it wasn't easy I am trying to break your heart